What's going on, everybody? This is the Sheep Get Shared Podcast. My name is Austin Creed, and I'm so thankful y'all are here. All right, so in my first episode, I talked a little bit about the allegory of the sheep. If you haven't listened to that, go ahead and listen to that after this one, of course. Or you can do it right now, whatever floats your boat. But I'm going to be expanding upon that a little bit and giving a little more context to what I touched upon earlier. So amongst the sheep in particular, because most people fit into the sheep. People who just go about their lives, they're not super informed, they're not in the intelligence agencies, they don't have a lot of power, they're just the average, you know, Jake and Jane out there who just live their life and are trying to do this or do that, but they're just like normal people. So I'm going to be expanding upon that a little bit. I'm going to talk about the Rams. So Rams are male sheep, but in particular, I'm going to be focusing more on the imagery around the big horn sheep, okay? So I want you to hold that image in your mind when I bring this expansion to light. All right, so here's the expansion. Are you ready? So amongst the sheep inside this pen on top of this hill with green grass everywhere with portions that are slowly dying out because the sheep are always grazing, you'll find multiple different kinds of sheep, whether it be maybe they're polka-dotted sheep, or maybe they're black sheep, or maybe they're complete, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The albino sheep. Whatever it may be, there are multiple different kinds. They may be split into different factions. Based on these looks, or maybe they're completely not. But the point is still the same. They're always at odds with each other over the littlest of differences. Now, one of these factions is the Rams. Now, the Rams don't necessarily care about the spots and the colors, which they bite, but it's more built upon their horns. Now, when it comes to the Rams and their horns, the horns depend upon one factor in particular. And that is their ability to butt heads and not back down. Now, what do I mean by not backing down? What I mean is when they're clashing in particular, they're willing to express their opinion. They're willing to put themselves out there. They're not going to back down at the first sign of trouble. They're not going to back down when someone tells them to back down. They're not going to give up when something doesn't go their way. That's what I mean. If you want to paint the ram to a person. Now, occasionally a ram whose horns are fully developed will break free of the pen to escape and find their own way. Now, this may seem negative and be like, well, why would they do such a thing? Because it's supposed to be heavily protected by both the shepherd and the watchdogs, as I pointed out in the first episode. Well, why would they do such a thing? Well, because all men, especially young men, in my opinion, they need to do things like this. We as young men will often lack guidance in our lives, whether it's we had a single mother, or whether it's their father just wasn't around as much, or whether he was completely out of the know, or he just was very non-confrontational. We never know. But if the rise of Andrew Tate has shown anybody anything, it's that young men are not going along with this feminism ideology. They want to be told it's okay to be men without having to become 
men who are very passive, men who don't like to engage, men who are afraid of their own shadow. They don't want to be that. They want strong, masculine men to show them what it is to be a man. They don't want single mothers. They don't want people who are uninformed. They don't want pacifist men. They don't necessarily even want the really religious men. They want genuine, authentic masculinity out here. That's what they want. Now, going back to the example, when the rams break free of the pen and they escape, some of them will come back to the pen to show and tell some of what they have seen outside. Now, the watchdogs are not a huge fan of this. They will bear their teeth, and the shepherd will shoot them away. Because guess what? They're trying to inform the sheep about what it's like outside the pen. Now, no, make no mistake about it. The government is supposed to be the little shepherd in this analogy. Now, the government and the wolves, they profit off of the sheep being inside the pen. They get their wool, which is their resources. And if they can't get your wool, your wool doesn't grow back, they could slaughter you and get the meat. Okay, so they have nothing to do but gain from you being in the herd, or the sheep being in the herd, okay? Now you need to keep this in mind for what I'm about to say next. Now, the watchdogs are in a very interesting position because they're supposed to be loyal to both the shepherd and the sheep. But the problem is, the shepherd is not always focused on the sheep and their best interest because the sheep... They tend to just bad everything. Everything is either good or bad. They don't think in very dynamic terms. They, like, they tend to follow. They don't blaze their own trail. They stick together. They don't go off in multiple directions. That's what the rams do. And only a couple of them end up doing this. Most of them remain inside the pen. Now, when the bighorn sheep rams come back, they're... they're demonized, they are castigated, they are thrown out because they real because not only do the sheep not believe them, but the shepherd and the wolf the shepherd and the watchdogs both are skeptical of this. The shepherd knows the truth. But he has so much to gain by lying that he does just that. Now this puts the sheep in an awkward position. Maybe wondering why these rams would bother to come back, or who these rams are that come back. Who would they be in society? Well, the rams, the ones who don't leave, are a little more, they understand what's going on, they want to be masculine, but here's their problem. They do not have the mochismo, they do not have the ability to leave. They don't have the courage to leave. They are so comfortable that their comfort outweighs their desire for conquest or to throw themselves into something they know they should do, but they don't. Now, the rams who do leave and are come back and are demonized are the men who have decided whether it's they go their own way or they're entrepreneurs or they're seen as conmen, by the way. They're seen as conmen. You know the kind of people you see on the internet 
who say, oh, you can make a lot of money in a really short amount of time while doing next to no work. Yeah, that's what they're seen as, but that's not who they are. They're seen as men who are trying to tell the rest of civilization, hey, you don't need to stay here. You don't need to accept what you've been given. You can do more. You can become more. And yet they say, no, now we ain't going to do it. Because not only are they already against the idea of leaving the herd, but they're being told that there's no need to leave the herd. The herd's never had it so good. They don't need to leave. They don't have the courage to break away from the pack. Most people are in the same boat. They see that maybe things aren't ideal, but they're not going to. They're not dying. They're not being forced out. So that's what? They're going to stick around. They're not going to rock the boat too much. Their belief systems are being challenged. People are pushing views upon them that maybe they don't accept, but they're not totally adverse to as long as it doesn't affect them. I'm beating around the bush here, but I think you realize what I'm talking about. I'll get more into detail on that at a later time, but I don't want to make it purely about exactly what's going on in today's culture. I want to paint a metaphor that people can resonate with and picture themselves in and kind of see where they fit in. Now, when going back to the ram example, the rams with the biggest horns, the ones that have been through the most conflict and endured the most adversity, are the ones who don't let risk pass them by because they're eager to take it, and they don't let fear paralyze them into not taking action or to allowing naysayers to become they're truth sayers by saying that they don't, that they, oh, you're right. I don't, I don't have to do this, or I'm not going to take this risk, or I'm not going to go out there and try to blaze my own trail because guess what? I could fail. Well, of course you could fail. Anybody could fail. But let's look at the corporate layoffs that are happening all over the place. It's not, that, it's not always that safe. The herd is being thinned, and yet they still think they're safe. I want to encourage every man listening to this show and every mother who is listening to this show to not let their men, whether it be their sons, husbands, boyfriends, whoever, it is the women who must be able to keep the men accountable, number one, and let them be masculine. It is too easy to let feminism be the only driving force. Now, feminism is a whole other thing, okay? Feminism was good at the beginning. The equal rights, I was all for it. But that's not the issue today. The issue today is about superiority. I don't want to hear this garbage about how it is. If it was about equality, you already have it. So, so what's the point? Now, when it comes to masculinity, it's been demonized across the board. Toxic masculinity, this. Uh, you need to stop doing that. You need to... Whether, they're, whether the men are young or old, they are being told this. And young men are very vulnerable to this, oh, you need to be expressive. You need to get in touch with the feelings. You need to, you need to really embrace who you are. Well, they don't know who they are. That's the problem. They don't know who they are. And when they look at people on the Internet conflicting with what they say, 
or what they're being told by teachers, parents, uh, legal guardians. It, it creates this confusion and then it makes them very uncomfortable. I've been a young man once. I know how this is. Now, I don't blame women for not understanding the plight of a man. A man cannot understand the plight of a woman. Don't think I don't understand that. I do. I'm not trying to sit here and say that, oh, men know, men know exactly what it is to be a woman. No, of course we don't. Of course we don't. The problem is a lot of times women know exactly, or at least they try to tell you exactly what it is to be a, a man or what a man should be. And if a man tries to say what a woman should be, he's immediately demonized, which to some extent is totally acceptable. I totally understand why. But the problem is that turnabout is not always fair play when it comes to this. And that is what the problem is. Now, make no mistake about it, okay? Masculinity is under attack. And I think it's about time we stop it. It should have stopped yesterday. But the fact that it hasn't is all the more reason why it should stop now. Because feminism, which at one point was a really good driving force for this country, has become more toxic. I hate to tell you. I wish I could sit here and tell you that that's not true, but it is. They're attacking masculinity, saying that men are inherently predators when, if you want my true authentic opinion, women have become the apex predators out here, targeting rich men, successful men, and using divorce as a means to get a bag off of them. Now, not every man, not every woman can do this because not every man has a bag that's worth stealing. <laughs> don't think I don't know that part of it as well. But it's driving a wedge between man and woman that should not be there. Femininity and masculinity complement each other quite well. That's why man and woman is the traditional marriage. It's because they are meant to work together, not work against each other. They're just like the government supposed to keep each other in check while also allowing the individual to thrive. That is the whole point. And yet it's become the opposite of that, which is why divorce is through the roof, number one, and why women are becoming more like men of yesteryear, and the men are becoming more like women. And it's destroying our society. Now, I realize this may make you very upset. You probably turned the show off already because you're sick of hearing this and you think you know a lot about me just by listening to what I'm saying. You don't. Because I'll tell you something else. When it comes to the environment, I think a lot of times the environment is really slept on and we really need to handle it better. So don't try to castigate me. Don't try to do exactly what I just described. I am one of these rams who's coming back to try to tell people what's going on. And I know that I'm going to be ostracized, and I know that I'm going to be attacked, but it's not just about me. I want men out there to know that they are not alone, and to know that you can do whatever you set your mind to, and that you will if you stick with it. I'm not trying to exclude women from this, because women, at this point, have a bigger voice than men do in society. Now, you may say, oh, in politics, that's not true. Well, that's wrong, because there are more women voters then there are men voters out there. And so you have become the target group that they are appealing to, and that's just democracy. 
That's how democracy works. Uh, th this is getting a little out of control. I'm going way off topic that I didn't expect to do, but hey, this is an unfiltered show. Speaking of which, I'm planning on getting a better microphone because I know this one's probably not ideal. So I'm working on doing that, so you're going to have to bear with me. And I'm working on getting an editor as well. So it won't be just me talking. All the, it will just, it will, I mean, I'll still be talking. But it won't just be me talking unfiltered like this all the time. Unless, of course, it's what you want. In which case, I will continue to do so. But I wanted to give a little more of a background to who the Rams were, as they are a portion of the sheep. And they should not be underappreciated for what they their role is amongst the herd because too often they're overlooked just as men are overlooked in society fatherhood is overlooked in society when the more you look at the pipeline from school to prison it has a lot to do with single mothers out there just just to point that out i hate to be the one to say that i wish it wasn't true but the more research i see the more it is and then you see companies like Gillette, companies like Bud Light, denigrating masculinity and in its place, constructing not only feminism, you know, the Me Too movement, but also pushing the LGBTQ plus agenda, which is in, which at its core hates masculinity, hates it because it views it as the enemy, as the oppressor. And I'm, I'm tired of hearing that because it's not true. Anyways, happy Easter out there to everybody, all my Christians in the audience. I hope you have a fantastic Easter. I hope you have a great time with the families and celebrating the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. You have a great weekend. And I appreciate you listening to the show. Oh, and I look forward to seeing you all in the next episode. Peace.